0: Welcome to episode 48 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Jules and Satoya. Running a
1: successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs.
0: In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when entrepreneurs are committed to getting done. These are
1: people who are pursuing their dreams. So we dig deep to understand just how they're doing it.
0: Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This week, DeToy and I talk about what this world would be like if we all just got along. If we just treated and loved each other with kindness, dignity, and respect. You know... The way we all want to be treated. Oh, I know know that's pie in the sky thinking, and we may lose a handful of you before we even begin, but we are holding out hope that the majority of you will not only stick around, but that you'll actively listen and engage with the next 50 minutes or so. As always, we love being connected to you. So thanks for listening. And if you'd be so kind, take a minute today and go to Charleston City Paper and vote for GSD Entrepreneur for Best Local Podcast. And you don't even need to be in Charleston. Whoop, whoop. If you ever wanted to reach out to us, please do so at Weldon at a salty rim. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> Statoya, 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 here we are talking, testing,
1: testing, testing, Testing. is this
0: thing on? You know, I'll, I'll say something here. So I love, love, love having guests on. Obviously that's why we do, we do this podcast because we love to meet people and interview them and tell their stories. But I also really, really love when it's just you and I in the studio and we get to talk shop. Yeah, I love it. And drinking uh, mimosas. And drinking a mimosa, for oh. sure. So, as this gets launched, published after it's edited and whatnot, it will be Tuesday. And mm-hmm. so, people may listen to it on Tuesday or another day of the week. So, um, we typically don't drink mimosas during the school week in the morning right? True. Okay. So I just wanted to clear up any confusion that people might be judging. Like, <laughs> good God, these guys are out. <laughs> They drink a lot. Um, we don't. I mean, we do, but we don't really. We do. We don't no. really. So it's Sunday morning. <laughs> it is for us. It's Sunday morning. So we're recording this. This will go live in two days. So I have mm-hmm. a little bit of time to edit it and then it'll go live. So here we are in our home studio. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> you don't know? Oh God, this is going to be a long episode. (laughs) All right, why don't I introduce it? How about that? So (laughs) that's awesome. She does know what we're going to talk about, but I think the cat just got her tongue. So I'll help you with this. So I write a weekly blog for 321 Go Project, my brother's company. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know about my brother's company. It is a marketing and business coaching firm for CrossFit gym owners, and I have the privilege of working with him on a consistent basis. And so one of my job responsibilities is to write a weekly blog. So I write on all kinds of different things, whether it be like business or marketing or leadership or finances or whatever it is. So it ties in really nicely with our business, Mm -hmm. Satoya, called A Salty Rim, where we do business coaching for small business owners. But this particular article that we're going to talk through... It just struck me like, and I wrote it really fast. It's one of those articles where you get inspiration and I have to give a little caveat here. So I'm not a writer. At least I never thought I was a writer and I've become more of a writer. But now that I get to do it every week, now that I have a deadline. And so the story is when I was getting my master's, mm-hmm. I wrote my final paper and the professor wrote it back, gave it back to me and put a big F on it in red. I was all excited to get it back because I thought it was really good. And he gives it back to me and has an F, and all it says on it is, you can't write, get help. I was like, wait, hell. That's a great leader, isn't (laughs) it? That's a great leader. (laughs) That's a super great leader. So anyway, so I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's planted a seed in me to basically uh, become a better writer so that I basically can give him the middle finger and say, don't tell me I can't write. Like, I'm going to learn how to write. Or if I'm just not a good writer and I just write and because it's consistent. Well, I think you're an <laughs> excellent writer. And actually, we have a book coming out. So, you know, people are...
1: We're just... We're not necessarily literary correct. Right. We you just know, conversationally... We, yeah, conversationally we, right. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, the same thing happened to me when I was getting my master's and that jerk did the same thing to me. And I'm like, you know, you could have handled that a little bit better right. and been more of a mentor in this in this process instead yeah. of breaking someone down. And I think that's what happens in the world is we're so quick to break people down instead of building them up and helping them get better. Yeah. And so, and I don't know why people do it. I mean, it's so disheartening to see people just destroy other people. For what reason, right? Yeah, and and yeah. so I, you know, it's motivated you to become a writer, and you are an, an excellent writer. When I grow up, I want to be like you and write. Stop it, <laughs> stop it. Um, so yeah, I get it. I that that same thing happened to me, and I was just like, why do people have to be like that? Yeah. And unfortunately that guy is now over the master's program where I was in school. And I even went to the dean and I was like, there's, there's no reason for Mm -hmm. this, that this
0: gentleman feels the need to break someone down in that, in that manner. Yeah. I think there is such a thing as tough love. Like I do think that's good, but I think that when you're in a position of authority as like a professor or whatever, that there is a way to love someone to something better as opposed to like you said, just breaking them down. Yeah. And I think part of the inspiration for this podcast episode is all the mess that's going on in this world with Mm -hmm. shootings and everything that we've just come out of with that. And then you open up Facebook and everything about it is people arguing gun control or not. Right. You know? It's all political. It's all it it is all political. It is something that we need to address as a nation, because clearly it's gotten incredibly out of hand. Mm-hmm. But I think when we were talking this morning about what we were going to talk about on this episode, it was what ifs. Mm-hmm. Like it, And it took us back to this article that I wrote, and we just said, what if we talk about like and get these listeners, whoever's listening, whoever you are listening, wherever you are, what if we had a conversation and invited you into our conversation to talk about what this world would look like if we did things a little bit differently. Right? Yeah. So given that, the inspiration for this article was a commercial that I saw. It was Marriott's commercial. It was the golden rule. You can hashtag it and find these commercials. But I typically don't Watch commercials. I mean, and you definitely don't watch mm-hmm. commercials. As soon as we see commercials, on we'll fast forward it. That's why yeah, we I won't even to watch
1: a movie on TBS
0: because it has commercials. Right, and well, I- take out all the good parts. But right, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So anyway, so let's have a conversation on this. Yeah,
1: I want to go back. The golden rule is: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay. And the platinum rule is: is treat others the way you want to be treated. And so that's the difference in the platinum and golden. Okay. Read the golden again. The golden is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay. The platinum rule, treat others the way they want to be treated. That's right. I said that wrong.
0: Okay. So that's a really different thing. It's like the golden rule is treating people like I want to be treated, Mm -hmm. but the platinum rule, taking it a step further, is actually get into their shoes and treat them like they would want to be treated. You know, mm-hmm. but that requires a lot of work, and so oftentimes it doesn't happen. I just overlay my assumptions and my expectations mm-hmm. onto you or whoever you is, and treat you like I want to treat you, mm-hmm. and then that's either good or it's terrible, yeah, or All somewhere right. in between. So anyway, so this whole thought, as as I was thinking through the blog article and thinking through our conversation this morning, big change always happens small it Mm -hmm. always starts small and so with this if the listeners could and we could take one little thing from this episode and apply it to our lives big change will happen it just won't happen overnight
1: right well it's just like anything we do i mean we diet we exercise expecting overnight results yeah and it's not it's being disciplined and doing it every day I always use the quote, pounding the stone. It's just getting back to the fundamentals, the basics of life, being kind to one another, whatever you're doing, and just going through and doing it every single day. I know that one of my New Year's resolutions years ago um, was just to, to be mindful of other people. So what I started doing, one way that I could be mindful is to start opening the door for people wherever I was. It it didn't matter if someone was 50 yards away and I saw them coming, I would hold the door open. And it just made a difference, not only in my day, but I think a lot of times it made a difference in other people's days. Some people didn't always thank me, which that's not why I did it, but it was just making that difference to be mindful of someone else coming through the same door I was.
0: So how does that make you feel when you're mindful of somebody else? Like when you held the door for somebody?
1: Like I said, I didn't do it for thank yous or anything like that. It was just one of those things that I would want someone to do that for me. And, and how I feel when other, people's, other people do that for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's a good feeling, you know, that someone took time, the two minutes out of their day, to be mindful that I was walking in right behind them mm-hmm. instead of slamming the door in my face. They continue to hold it open. Mm-hmm. And so you don't always have to do things for other people expecting something in return, a thank you or whatever. It's really how it makes you feel as a person, you know, to do those things.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. As I was thinking about this, some things that I want, and this is kind of mixing the golden and the platinum rule, which is fine. It's not about whether you follow one or the other. But it's about, like you just said, being more mindful. But some some things that I want, I want to listen as though I'm being heard. Mm. I mean, I want to be listened to as though I'm being heard. Mm. And not just like somebody waiting for their turn to say they're part of the story or one up me or whatever i think all of us hate that you know mm-hmm. it's like when you feel like you're talking to somebody and we were in an we were in an experience like this and it was it was like no matter what story we told this person had a bigger and better story mm-hmm. and you were at the point where <laughs> <laughs> you were at the point what was it that you were going to say
1: well, I mean, this is really rude, but we were around these people, uh, this person, for a few days, and love, love them dearly. Not, it has nothing to do with that. But I was to the point to say, <laughs> <laughs> I took the biggest shit this morning. <laughs> And smelliest, just to see if they would one up me. And I'm sorry, but I know that's rude. But I just got to that point that I was just like, ah. Oh. Um, but I didn't. I held my tongue and continued to nod and just just get one up again and again. So um. yeah.
0: But but I mean things like that. Like pay attention to that, right? Nobody wants to be one upped ever. So are you the kind of person? Where somebody tells a story and you're like, yeah, well, when I da-da-da-da-da-da. No, that's not why somebody told the story to hear yours. They told the story because they want to tell their story and they want to be heard
1: in it. I used to work um, with a girl who did that because everybody everybody knows I've had a catering business for 20 some odd years. My passion is cooking. And you're amazing at it. And I am... and I don't know everything, but I have re- I used to have over a thousand cookbooks. I've read cookbooks. That's what I used to do. Instead of business books, I read cookbooks. And um used to have a restaurant. And, and not that I'm the best, but I, I think I'm good, good enough to keep us healthy. I think anybody that's <laughs> eaten your food will say that
0: you're some of the best. But
1: yes. I, there, I, every day I'd walk into work and this girl would go, what did you cook last night? And I would, you know, I would tell her or, or I, this was before Facebook and... And, of course, she would always one-up me. And she never was like, oh, that sounds great. But she would always try to one-up me, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I, I think that that happens when people need that. They need to that feel validation. that validation yeah. or feel important. But
0: Yeah. And I think some other things as I was thinking about this. Share resources like I want to receive them. Mm-hmm. You know? And share ideas like I want... To hear them. I mean, I I think it's, we're so like, we hold all of our cards so much to our chest because we're afraid that somebody's going to steal it or Mm -hmm. somebody's going to benefit from it. Well, you know what? Let them benefit. Let them steal it. Just be better. And if you're better and you're going to market faster, you create more or whatever, you're giving with no expectation in return. But another thing is paying people fairly. Like I want to be paid that is such a my bonnet all the time when i hear business
1: owners and they talk about what they pay their people yeah and but what their expectations are when what they pay their people right and i'm like oh my goodness do you realize once they take taxes out they're only making
0: 6 bucks an hour six, 7, seven uh, bucks an hour yeah who
1: can live on that i right. mean like pay them for what they're worth because they're the one you can't do it alone
0: yeah and i i understand That often salary is the highest expense, quote unquote, in a business. I get that very clearly. But I also understand that if you pay people what they're worth to you, it will come back in spades to you as a benefit, Mm -hmm. right? If you treat them with respect and treat them like you would want to get paid if you were in their position, it is a whole different thing and they will feel that respect from you, even if they're just... Entry-level people, or maybe especially if they're entry-level people. I mean, the disparity these days between what a CEO makes and what an entry-level person makes is absolutely insane. And if there was some sort of a common ground on that where they come closer, obviously their CEO should always make. There's no question about it. They should always make the most. But to think that you can get away with paying somebody pennies literally To be the front line and create your product for you Mm -hmm. is not a good, not a good, in our minds, not a good mentality. Because would you want to be treated like that? No. Probably not. So, okay. So let's do this. We haven't even gotten into the imagines yet. These were, those were just thoughts that for me that I would want, like just to think about as you think about yourself and the things that you would want, do you give other people things like you would want? I Mm see. I think that's it. And so let's do this. Let's dive into the 13 things And let's just talk about each one of these for a minute, okay? All right, I'll start with the first one. The first one is imagine if instead of seeing new people or customers walking through your door as a customer that equals money, that we genuinely saw them as humans with a soul and a story to be told. Mm -hmm. So we create a product or we create a service or we create whatever it is that we go to market with, and then we want people to buy it. What if, instead of just seeing it as somebody who equals a dollar sign, who equals a customer, who equals a dollar sign, that we saw them as a soul that's buying this and they have a story to be yeah. told. And they're choosing our product because they want to tell their story better. Love that.
1: Yeah. I, I currently have a position where I am helping customers who buy an actual product. And that's something so important to me. I'm working with a startup company And to get in the lives, get into their lives, and figure out why they need this, if the product is even good for them. But I have met over the past two years helping customers figure out what they need, and and it's not always our product. But I take time and I do research and help them find the right product for them. That's something about me that if anyone who knows me. If, I, if I'm if i an evangelist for a product, not just a service but just a, an actual product, it may not be right for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do my research, to make sure that I am giving you 100% the right information yeah. because I don't want you to get something that doesn't work for you or your family. And these all deal with the aging population and technology. But I also want to know your story. And I have people, uh, you know this, I have people texting me like Miss Barb down in Florida who just texts me and always like, cheers, you know, I don't even know this lady, but I've become part of her life Yeah. because I don't look at her as $100 a month. I look at her as a person and her struggles, you know, taking care of her mom. Yeah. And we've just become really good friends via phone and text messaging and I know her story Yeah. and she trusts me. And so, I mean, I just feel like that anybody that walks into a door for a product or service always, it's not money. It's not about the money. And we do that with our coaching business. It's not necessarily about the money. We really want to help people, genuinely want to help
0: people in their day-to-day lives. Yeah. I think that's been one of the things that I've been most impressed with you in your current, um, what you're doing, is the way that you have gone over and above with "Quote unquote customer service." Mm. To me, it's not about the transactional conversation. It's about listening to what that person needs and caring about them and understanding the limitations that they have with the product or if whatever it is, and then speaking to those things in order to help. And mm-hmm. if it takes you five minutes or it takes you fifty-five minutes, you will spend that time with this person and. To me, that's good customer service. Mm-hmm. It's not hurrying up, being frustrated with them because they're not answering it the way that you want them to do it, or whatever. That becomes all about you and your own selfish needs. Mm-hmm. You're not like that, and I've been really impressed about that with you. Like I think you model serving customers really, really well. So I'll
1: tell you, I, I um, Zappos. I oh, you know totally. you hear about. I read about Zappos experience and. Um, and I actually put them to the test. I called. I ordered some shoes. I could have ordered them online and didn't have to call, but I called. I wanted to see. I wanted to experience that experience. And they didn't. They didn't treat me like I was a dollar sign. Yeah. Not that I'm, you know, spending a hundred dollars on a pair of shoes is gonna make or break them. But they were out. In, I mean, the person who answered the phone was out in Vegas. I think it was probably six o'clock in the morning there and nine o'clock in the morning here, or something like that. Whatever the time difference is, but. She was happy. You could tell that she really was concerned about the customer. And that made a difference to me. And so whenever I order or we order shoes online, I will go to Zappos. 100% hands down. They're not always the cheapest. Yeah. But the customer service is there. I know that if they don't fit, I can I can immediately send them back. Yeah. But, you know, they gave me the joke of the day and they made me feel important. And so I just think that, and she actually took time to ask. And if she cared or not, I thought she did. You know, how is your morning going? Yeah, And so I just feel like that those are the experiences people want when they are buying your service or buying your product.
0: Yeah, so I, I see, I envision somebody listening to this and going, Ugh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to dive into somebody's soul and their story. I'm just selling a product. If they want the product, they can buy it. What would you say to that? To me, it's not about, it's people have
1: a profit, 100% hands down for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you care about the people who are buying your product, buying your service, the profit will come later. Yeah, I am, but I am. I will always put people over profit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you do, and that's that's amazing. I agree. So I think that's more of a an internal. If somebody's saying that or thinking mm-hmm. that, it's an internal gut check of if you use people as a means to an end, then your business will reflect that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, okay. Second thing. Imagine. If we weren't threatened by the business down the street opening, but we were thrilled because it meant more people had the opportunity to get what we're offering, mm-hmm. right? So in this example, it was a gym. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we weren't threatened by a new gym owner opening a gym, but we were thrilled because it meant more people had the opportunity to get healthy. Yeah. That's a radically different thought mm-hmm. because people, we, as humans, we are threatened by competition. Right. But why? Why? Because someone may do it better than us. Right. And we
1: we don't want them to be better. So we can still be status quo and be okay because there's nobody else here. But when, as soon as someone comes out down the street and they open, let's just use a gym. A gym that all of a sudden has all the bells and whistles. It's cheaper. It's it's intimidating. It's scary because you've just been status quo. And so now you're going to have to put money in. You're going to have to pay attention to your clients. You're going to have to probably try to keep the clients you have. Yeah, But if you're not
0: doing it as good, you're probably going to lose them. So it's scary. It is scary. And I think another thing is a fundamental issue with that is you don't know your own value. Mm -hmm. And Mm. if you don't know your own value, then you're not going to sell your services with confidence. Mm -hmm. Because truthfully in Charleston, there's room for, I mean, you can add a you know, 500 more gyms, really, because there's so many people in Charleston and people need to work out. Mm-hmm. They need an avenue or whatever. Obviously, maybe not 500, but that's exaggeration, but you can add that. But it's, it's exactly what you just said, being confident, first of all, of what you're delivering and who you are as an owner. But second, it's offering things to people that they actually really want. Mm-hmm. And it's investing in your business and in yourself and I just think, and and you model this out, again, you model this out really well, but it's not about, like, you were in home care for a while, Mm -hmm. and there were 65 home care companies in Charleston, but gosh, like, the more quality home care providers that we can offer, the better that residents in Charleston are going to be because mm-hmm. they have options to choose from.
1: Exactly. And and I, I was thinking of that same thing. Now, my, the home care that I started was not here in Charleston. It was in Orangeburg. But there were. I, I, I was part of a networking group down here in Charleston for many years. And there were over 60 home care companies. And it was amazing. We would all get in a room on one Tuesday a month and everybody networked with each other. And because maybe. Maybe some of them didn't go out to Monk's Corner or out to John's Island. And so they can network with each other. And you didn't see a lot of backbiting. I think mean, there are a couple times, of course, people got a little nervous or whatever. But it, it goes back to we um, are going to be having Kim from Woodhouse Day Spa on here in a couple weeks and we were asking for votes for our podcast for the best of and she's like it's not even the being the it's it's not about the votes it's just being the best Mm -hmm. it's just offering the services yeah and doing
0: doing the best you can yeah and not the best because you want to compete and win against the person down the street it's being the best in competition with yourself exactly that I'm delivering the best service that I can to please my customers right
1: And why not? Why not go and welcome that new business down the street that you perceive as your competition. Yeah, you know I think we don't win a battle against each other. We win a battle working together. Yeah, and so sure.
0: co-market, co-brand, do do things. Refer to each other. We refer to each, each other if you're not the best fit. Gosh, we <laughs> we're thirty minutes in. Oh, we've we been. gotta hurry. <laughs> I'm I'm talking a lot No, no, we're so. This is all stuff that we're super passionate about. So number three, imagine if we shared the business lessons we've learned with those who need the help instead of keeping our ideas close to our chest. Love it. This is so, this is so huge because if you're driving down the road and there's a pothole, are you the kind of business owner, are you the kind of person that doesn't tell anybody about that pothole because, well, you had to experience it by yourself Mm -hmm. for the first time, you know, or are you the kind of person that puts out on ways, hey, there's a pothole ahead, you know, or whatever it is that is the analogy for today, but I just think that A lot of times I've seen it modeled out where people learn things and then they don't want to share for fear of losing their edge on somebody else. And I just wish we would not do that. I just wish we would share the lessons that we've learned. I love that. And the same thing
1: with employees or teams. You know, the boss doesn't want their team member to know more because they're afraid that they're going to go out and do it on their own. Yeah. Well, so if they do, I mean, so what? I mean, right. be a mentor, you know, want them to get better. Yeah. Give them the tools and the resources to become better and know what lies ahead. Yeah. Um, why Why hold it to yourself? Yeah. I mean, believe me, there's nothing you can do that hasn't been created before. Nothing. Exactly. Everything's been created in the world, so you're probably not holding on to a really big secret.
0: Yeah, which leads us into um, number four. Imagine if we trained our people to be the cream of the crop and then celebrated them when they went out and started their own businesses because it meant we could continue to replicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if the goal is to be so terrified that you're going to train somebody to be good and then they're going to leave you, then you need to rethink your goal, in Mm -hmm. our opinion. Right? In your opinion. I mean, Mm -hmm. for sure, we both agree on that. I think the goal is to develop really quality people under you. Mm-hmm. And if they have the entrepreneurial bug and they want to go out and start it on their own, give them everything you can to make them be successful. Yeah, Because exactly. that matters more than being selfish and holding somebody tightly to your mm-hmm. chest and then being pissed at them because they go yeah. off and do their own thing.
1: Yep. Yeah, I've had that opportunity several times in my life, you know, back when James McGee was my boss, when I worked in the in the, the retirement community, he gave me every opportunity to be better. And he knew that one day, you know, all those opportunities were going to bring me where I am today. So he never held me back.
0: Yeah. From... it's the, I just got that analogy of a mama bird with baby birds in the mm-hmm. nest. It would be the weirdest thing if the mama birds never allowed the babies to fly. Yeah, That would be so weird. It's like, no, the whole goal is to teach them and even push them out mm-hmm. of the nest yep. and say, no, you're, I see something in you. That's different than everybody else. So yep. I'm going to help you fly. Mm-hmm. What a different mentality. Number five, imagine if as mentors and influencers in others' lives, we always assume the posture of a learn-it-all instead of a know-it-all.
1: I love that one. That yeah. one just sticks out to me. So many leaders just want to have all the answers, mm-hmm. and they don't. And and it's, it's so funny. Um, it, I, I actually sit back and, and laugh, not at them, but just Well, maybe I do. When people just feel like they have all the answers. Yeah. Instead of going, I don't know, but let me go and find out. Let me research it. Let me learn about that. Right. Or go to your team member and say, do you know this? I have no idea.
0: And let them teach you. Completely. Yeah. Completely. It's so off-putting to me. And I'm sure that I do this. And I hate it if I ever do it. But it is so off-putting to me when you try to give somebody a suggestion and they already say, well, we already have it figured out. Ugh. Like that's so frustrating to me because the, and I long to be this, I long to be somebody who's a learn-it-all as opposed to a know-it-all. So, but it requires being conscientious mm-hmm. of it all the time because if you're not, we all want to be seen as smart. We all want to be seen as having our stuff together. And so it, it's a, it's a literally, it's an act of humility to say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. You know what? We haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what you're thinking. Yeah. And then immediately what you've done is you've empowered that other person to contribute into your life. That's all they're asking to do. They're okay. not asking to be one, like be better than you. They're asking to contribute value to your life. And when you shut them down because you already quote unquote know the answer... Um, that's, you're, you're stifling their voice.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've seen it so many times and it's so frustrating. You know, it's the shut your team out because they have no answers. They, you know, we'll keep them behind closed doors, whatever. And it's so, that mentality is, it's, first of all, it's so old school right. and outdated <clears throat> It's so whatever, 1970. Yeah. So, you know, get into the game, people, and really invite your your team in to be a part of your growth because if they don't know, they're not going to be a part of your growth and you're not going to grow by yourself. And so, I mean, it's really just, yeah, you're not, you don't have all the answers and you need to realize that.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, too, obviously, this podcast is for entrepreneurs but like we said earlier it's also for just kind of all of life like just we just want people to be good people Mm -hmm. you know so whatever that looks like but when we're talking about this one i think of interestingly enough i think of our neighbors nicole and brad temple Mm -hmm. and the way that they parent their kids the way that they parent their kids is obviously they are good parents they treat their kids like kids because they're kids and they don't have everything figured out and whatever But they also treat their kids with respect. Mm -hmm. And Elise and George do the same thing with their kids in our neighborhood. And all of our neighbors are amazing. But those specifically jump out at me as parents who treat their kids with the maturity that they embody. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nicole and Brad's kids are... They're young. I mean, they're, what, 10, 13, whatever. They're like in their ones and two digits. But... They're not in their three digits yet. They're not in their three digits yet. No. (laughs) Okay. That was dumb. Thanks for calling me out on that. But they treat their kids with this respect that they don't, as parents, they don't always have to be the smartest people in the room. Exactly. And that, I respect that so much. Like I love- They give them a voice. They give them a voice. And so if you're a parent listening to this- my question is, do you give your kid a voice? Yeah. Do you, you give your child a voice or do you shut them down because, well, you're going to do that because I said so.
1: Yeah. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, yeah. That's so frustrating. And you're right. First of all, our neighborhood kids are amazing. Amazing. So. All of them. Yeah. L- listen to them playing outside. They're not They're not homebodies. They don't, I don't think many of them stay in front of the TV or the computer, but some of the parenting here in just our little small community is pretty amazing. Yeah. It, um, is.
0: it is really amazing. This calls for a little bit more. Memory, yeah. so. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one is number six. Imagine if we purposed in our hearts to build each other up and contribute to each other's good instead of ever criticizing. That
1: goes back to what we were saying earlier, just from our own professors that we've dealt with. Is, yeah. What was the point of that? Did that make you feel better? Yeah. You know. There's a,
0: a group within the gym industry that I work in. And it's got a lot, a lot of people in it, in the tens of thousands. And there are people on there who criticize and immediately, like tear people down when they make a comment or they say something or it feels like a quote unquote dumb question or whatever. And that to me is so, first of all, it's rude. But second of all, what it does, it actually highlights and magnifies that person's own insecurity. Mm-hmm. When you have to respond with a criticism or something, a rude comment, or trying to be funny in a way that puts somebody else down, to me, all that does is highlights your own insecurity and mm-hmm. your own ignorance to the beauty of the human race. Yep. I uh, 100%, 100% agree. You know,
1: it goes back to, I mean, this is really, you can use it for like bullying. And, you know, oh, we were, gosh, yeah. I don't know where we were, what, I can't remember what we were watching and we were maybe something on Facebook. Somebody posted something, but it was like, when do children learn? When do they learn that to bully and oh. where did they learn it? Yeah. They learn it from someone. Yeah, They learn it from some environment where they're either picked on or their parents are picking on each other or they're just not in a good home environment. But all of a sudden they come to school and this white kid, or black kid, Asian kid or whatever who doesn't have as much and all of a sudden they're looked at as this evil person or this different person. And I was like, I I don't understand where that starts stops and where it starts the bullying and us judging people. Yeah. I've always said we've always needed uniforms in school because I knew that I didn't always have uniforms, uniforms yeah. in school. Yeah. yeah. Because everybody is on the same playing level. Right. And so I just, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I think this brings up like what happened in Florida and this kid that goes in and shoots people. And I don't know the whole background and I don't know everything that happened in, in whatever, but, or these kids committing suicide because of bullying. And I'm like, why, why are people doing this? Why are we doing this to each other? Yeah. I don't understand it. I mean, it's like it when they hit middle school, all of a sudden it clicks because in elementary school, they're all friends and love each other and playing together and there's not harsh words, but where does it start
0: right. and stop? Yeah. Where does it start and why is it okay? Yeah. Like, why is it okay for a little kid to be able to talk to another little kid like that? Or why is it okay for a little kid to be talked to like that in his or her home? Right. It's not okay. No. You know? And so another reality check for you, if you're listening, if you have little people in your lives... Pay attention to your words to them. Mm. Pay attention to, to your words you,
1: to your spouse. Don't don't sit there and talk about other people. Yeah. About I mean, don't. I mean, it's yeah. it's
0: value value the human life and the human soul more than that. Yeah, you know, pe- treat people with respect.
1: I was just reading um, someone posted on Facebook about uh, a high school in Aiken that these kids are being bullied and the and the teachers can't do anything about it. Wow. Or the administrators aren't doing anything about it. And I'm like, these are the next suicide kids. Yeah. Or you know? or shooters. Or shooters. Or shooters. And because so they're it's not just loved. Like they don't feel the, loved. you know, so it's really just really being stop criticizing other people. Yeah. You know, and if it makes yourself feel better, then yeah. find help. But don't yeah. don't do it don't break other people down to make yourself feel better. Yeah, for sure. Um so
0: anyway. For sure. All right, number seven. Imagine if we didn't hide behind social media with our snarky comments. <laughs> but carefully and kindly typed our responses, remembering that there was another human on the other end of that response. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Kind of the same thing, but Facebook is wonderful and it's horrible. And I think if you asked anybody, they would say that. Where I feel completely built up on my birthday by Facebook, or I can feel completely torn down because I'm comparing myself to somebody else or somebody makes a comment to me that I'm not really sure what they mean by it or whatever. And so I think that if we would... Imagine if we would use social media for the platform that it could be Mm -hmm. as opposed to the platform that makes us feel better about ourselves. So that's a, you know, maybe a a simpler one and we've already kind of talked about it, but gosh, social media is such a, such a powerful tool if used in the right way. Mm -hmm. Number eight, imagine if we fought hard every day against a fixed mindset and instead embraced a growth mindset with a curious spirit. So that one is to me... It's people who are so stuck in their own way of thinking Mm -hmm. in a fixed mindset that I know that how I think is the right way to go about something. And so things like things that are uncomfortable to us, we make a judgment on based on whether or not it fits our Grid. Yeah. yeah. So whatever that is, if it's like someone's skin color, or someone who is different than us, or someone who chooses a different lifestyle than we do, or whatever it is, I think coming at things with an open growth mindset of, hey, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't agree with it because of my own background. But I want you to teach me. I want you to teach me about why you've chosen that. Yeah. I want to learn from you. I want to be willing to put aside my assumptions and my comfort and my whatever and learn from you. So I think that's it. I think it's, again, it comes back to respecting and loving other humans to know that not everybody makes decisions like we do. and like we're Well, it's not with. black and white. It's not ever. And, Nothing and, is. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you see that so often that people are so opinionated about, Everybody else, because it's so black and white, instead of embracing people for who they are and what they give and what value they bring into your life. And so it is okay to be gray. Yeah. It is, there, I mean, there's, there's at least 50 shades of gray between black and white. Mm-mm. Dude. That's, <laughs> t- that's
0: terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, that I see what you did there. I yeah. see what you did there. But, yeah, I do think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of space that we can hold that's open for other people, Mm -hmm. to explore other people, to ask questions. And I grew up in a very religious home, and it it really helped me form who I am. And I love that I grew up in that kind of home. But I will say that as I've gotten older, I've really looked at other people in a different lens. And in a different lens of, you know what, what, was it religion that I was following, or was it a relationship with a being that is way other than anything us humans ever have been. And so then it's like studying that person of God and Jesus and all of that that I grew up in and going, their whole message, the whole message in the Bible is to love, period. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is even though somebody else might make me quote-unquote uncomfortable because it's not what I'm used to, that to give them the space to be who they are and on their own exploration and journey that I've stopped making it my mission to change them. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to change them to is my own way and my own way is never right. Right. You know, it's it's never the right way. And so I just think that it's it's an interesting thing to give somebody this space and the permission to be on their own path.
1: I agree with that one hundred percent. Unfortunately in, in a lot of religion it is black and white. Yeah and we don't give people that space. We prefer to judge them. Or not speak to them or not be inclusive of them um, where that's not what,
0: that wasn't Jesus' message. Yeah. So it is. I mean, it's very, it's sad, but true. So instead, if you struggle with this, be curious. Yeah. Go out to coffee with somebody who makes you really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and do nothing but ask them questions about them and and really want to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Imagine if we tackled hard conversations head on because we knew the goal was restoration and peace man, this one's hard. This is hard. This one's hard because we'd rather turtle and go Mm -hmm. into our shell and just act like the hard conversation. Or hide behind
1: Facebook or some kind of
0: email or something instead of having a face-to-face. Yeah. So as a partner, as a spouse, as a parent, as a business owner, as a manager of people, as as a client, as a vendor, whatever it is, whatever that role is, The best way to handle hard conversations is deal with them and don't put them under the rug. So many people I know say, well, I just like to push stuff under the rug. If that's you, get rid of the rug so you don't have that ability to hide things. Because every hard conversation I've ever had that I've had the courage to have has benefited me as a person Mm -hmm. it's made me stronger and it's typically always benefited the relationship Yeah,
1: i just recently had to have a hard conversation i have recently um resigned from my job and it was a very hard conversation because i really like the people i work with and what i do and and people as in customers but i also enjoy the people the team that i work with and appreciate the opportunity but it was a really hard conversation for me because i literally jumped off of a ship Without, not literally, but I jumped off a ship without a life raft. Yeah. But it's something I had to do for myself. But the way it was ex- accepted, mm-hmm. the hard conversation, I didn't hide behind it, you know, I didn't write a letter, I didn't anything, you know, I, it was over coffee in the office to say, I need, I need more. But the way it was accepted was so gracious and just uh, where it made me go, it didn't make me question my decision, mm-hmm. but it made me appreciate where I was in the moment and Absolutely. to say, you know, and they're like, can you stay long enough to help us do this, this and this? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was the way it was handled and, and um, and, but it was a very hard conversation mm-hmm. for many reasons. It was a hard conversation, but the way that I cannot say enough how, how it was accepted by my boss.
0: Yeah. But the way that you approach that hard conversation mm-hmm. and the job that you've done and all of that made it it made a lot of sense that it was received well mm-hmm. because you're the way that you approached it was in humility and, and in thankfulness for you saw the good as opposed to highlighted the bad. Right. And mm-hmm. so it was able to be received. And so yeah. I think that that's one thing is if you're going to approach a hard conversation, do so with grace and humility and, again, respect and love for that other person. And Mm -hmm. you did that, which is why it was received that way. All right, number 10, only a few more. Imagine if we invested our time and energies into being students of our team so that they were able to be known while finding true purpose and fulfillment. Yeah, I think we've
1: touched on this one a few times Mm -hmm. during this conversation, but um, I mean, I love all these, but that's another really good one. Yeah,
0: yeah, invest yourself into being students of the people that you have in your team. Mm -hmm. Learn them, get to know their families, get to know their their pains, their get-to-know-their joys. They have a whole life outside of working for you. I can assure you mm-hmm. of that. They have family, they have people, they have things that matter. They have things that they want, just like you have things that you want. And so invest your time and energies into being a student of your team.
1: You know, it's funny, a friend of mine's her birthday was the other day, and I um, I, I called her and said, happy birthday, are you off work? And uh, she's like, no, they don't even know it's my birthday. Wow. And I was like... How do they know it's your birthday? I mean, that should be something that the CEO, the founder of the company, he should know. Everybody's birthday, he should have it marked on their calendar. That's a big event. Especially in a small business. Exactly. You know, and I'm like, they should celebrate you because Mm -hmm. that's something important. And maybe for some people, birthdays aren't important. They're important to me. But I just know that, you know, that's something very important that... Uh, one company I can't remember where who it was, and uh, they give everybody their birthday off as a national holiday,
0: which is amazing.
1: Um, you know, and because
0: we feel like it is when it's our birthday. Exactly, I feel like I, feel like a I need a
1: month off. It's a national <laughs> holiday for a month, um, <laughs> and you know that's true. But I get that from my mom; she's like that. But you know, we we get excited. So why not? Why not invest in your team? Yeah. to say these are important things that are happening in your life. And so yeah, that's um. That's a,
0: that's a great one. Number 11. Imagine if we rooted for each other's business success and life success. Oh, yeah. The way that American Ninja Warriors cheer each other on while competing. We
1: love that show.
0: American Ninja Warriors is such a good show. And the reason why it is is because if you pay attention, first of all, the ability that these people have to do these stunts or mm-hmm. tri- or whatever they're called, Uh What are they called? Like activities. Whatever. I I can't think of the word. Obstacles. Obstacles. There you go. Thank you. The ability that they have to compete in these things and do them blows my mind. But what blows my mind even more is watching their quote unquote competitors on the sidelines cheering their brains out for these Mm -hmm. people.
1: Wearing their t-shirts.
0: Yeah. Totally wearing their t-shirts. Yes. And like high-fiving them when they make it and feeling the loss when they don't. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, that is the epitome of what we should be for each other. Mm-hmm. Watching that show is what we should be for each other. We should celebrate yeah. each other. We should cheer each other on, root for each other's success, whether in life or business, and not feel threatened when somebody else is doing it better than us.
1: Man, I I, I can't wait for that show to come back on because it just gives us such a great feeling and really, we get in with, with them. We know all the, We know all the participants. We know all the athletes and and we get excited too, but just to—I mean, yes—and to see him, like one guy, he changes a T-shirt every person that comes up. He's has Grant. A, yeah, yeah, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> so awesome. A, he has a different, and he lost very young. I mean, early in the in the competition, and but it didn't was, matter. He, he was, showed up. Yeah, he showed up literally. for every single one of them after that. So yeah, yep,
0: yep. All right, number twelve. We gotta wrap this thing up. I know, I know. Imagine if, as business owners and as just humans, that we embrace choosing what is right. Instead of choosing what is easy.
1: I think so many times when we get into business, we want the easy route. We want it to to be easy money. We want it to be easy, easy, easy. And it doesn't work like that. You have to get into the daily grind. You have to go back to your fundamentals. You have to do the daily, daily work to be successful. And I don't know many successful business entrepreneurs who have made it without doing the work. Yeah. And being easy. I mean, unless you're born into it, whatever. That's whatever you know. But I'm talking about someone who wakes up one day and says, I don't want to work for the man anymore. I have this amazing idea, I have this amazing product, I have this amazing service. I mean, they've had to work
0: hard to get there. Yeah. And it's not about easy. Yeah. Well and doing what's right, if we always made choices that would allow us to lay our heads on our pillows at night mm-hmm. because we did the right thing. Yeah then that's the choice that we need to make. It's it's choosing what's right instead of what's easy. And sometimes what's right is really hard Mm -hmm. and it takes longer and it's laborious. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not as fun as what's easy, you know, because you don't get as much quick affirmation Mm -hmm. on on it. But doing what's right is a really important thing, Mm -hmm. I think. The final one, imagine if we gave everything we had every day. You'd be tired at the end of the day. You'd be tired. Yeah, and you lay your head on your pillow at night knowing that you couldn't have given more that day. What does that mean, giving everything you've had to you? Satisfied. Being satisfied. Knowing that
1: I couldn't do much more. And not every day, not every day you're going to be able to give 100%. Right. I mean, you're going to have off days. That's okay. But give yourself grace in those days, on those days. Because know that maybe tomorrow you're going to have to give an an extra oomph. To make it through, or to do whatever you need to do, but to me, I mean, when I lay my head on the pillow, just knowing that I did everything right—not mm-hmm. necessarily right, but I—I I, I, um, I tried to do everything right. Yeah, I treated people the way they need to be treated, or I want—I want to be treated. I listened. I gave as much as I could, and sometimes it's giving to me. It's not just always about everyone else and around, but just knowing that. There's
0: nothing more that I could have done with my day. No, that's good. I totally agree. And I think that giving everything that you have every day looks different for every single person. Mm -hmm. So that has to be something that you do a check within your own spirit. And maybe it is. Every time you lay your head on the pillow at night, you ask yourself the question, did I give everything today? Whatever that looks like to you. Maybe you needed a day where you completely vegged on the couch all day Mm -hmm. but did you do that well (laughs) you know we can do that well and we don't do that often we don't do that often but when we do it's not checking our phones like it's Mm -hmm. doing even that well because we need rest we need to disengage from other people we need to stop being on we need whatever so even that even in the extreme of i need to just take a complete day for myself when I lay my head on the pillow at night, did I do that well? Mm-hmm. Or did I fill it with distractions? And did I need to stay busy because I've, then I accomplished something in the day? You know, it's, so it's literally what's your purpose for the day and did I do that well? Yeah, there's so many people that just are busy. So many people are busy. Oh, we so busy.
1: <laughs> we had that conversation the other day with uh, Kim. With Kim, yeah. <laughs> From what else?
0: And she's like, so so important. busy. So important. Oh gosh, I have all these phone calls I have. So, so busy. It's, it's not... And I... I mean,
1: actually, to be honest, I was like that at one point. That Absolutely. I just and we like,
0: still we still fall into that uh, trap yeah, of I, I just liking to feel
1: important. Liking to feel important. And so I was so busy and... People are like, when do you sleep? And it was, you know, made me feel good. And I'm like, oh, I sleep, I sleep eight, hours, eight hours a <laughs> night. And, you know, where I make myself look like I only slept four. But it was. It was a time in my life that I needed to feel important. And now I'm like, if I can get it done in four hours, I'll get it done in four hours and have the rest of the day to do whatever I need to do. But I'm still going to feel accomplished
0: by the end of the day. Totally. Man. So all of this might feel like pie in the sky thinking. People might be listening, they might be rolling their eyes, or they might be going, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm on board with that, but it's probably not going to happen because I'm just going to do what I'm going to do anyway. But if every person that's listening to this takes to heart just one of the things that we've talked about and acts differently as a result, our world, your industry, your family, whatever it is that you're connected to will be a better place. hmm and that's it. I think that's the whole purpose for this the last 55 minutes or so is to, to maybe do a jump start for you or uh, make you think about these things a little bit differently that your, what you put out into the world matters and the people that you interact with care about how they interact with you. And so think about that. Like, Think about being a better human to those people whether mm-hmm. it's who you work with or your family or whoever it is think about being a better person to them yeah I'll leave this with if you have the power to make someone happy today do it our world needs more of that Mm. over and out go make it a great day